0: welcome to the at the yard podcast presented by prep baseball report california In today's episode i'll be joined by northern california scouting director blaine clemens who will break down the north coast section and the sac joaquin section playoff brackets we'll cover the teams the players and the games that you'll want to follow stay tuned for that show Welcome back to the At The Art Podcast. I'm pleased to be joined by Northern California Scouting Director Blaine Clemens. Blaine, it's the postseason. We are ready to rock and roll. The NCS and the SJS brackets have been released. Let's dive deep into those here. But before we do that, it's been a while since
1: we've chatted. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. As uh, How are you holding up to the Southern Section playoffs? We're about to get started here, but you're uh, you're at the end already. Yeah,
0: man, the championship games are this Saturday. We have some huge semifinal matchups coming up tomorrow, uh, but yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a grind, but it's awesome, right? That's why we do
1: it. Yeah, it's been fun. We, you know, it's one thing I've kind of been keeping an eye on as uh, the season has moved along, and you know, we put a lot of time and, and thought into our Power 25 each week, right? And this is this is something that is uh, anybody gets involved in rankings of teams, uh, players. You know, that's it's obviously very subjective, and I think as we've moved through and teams have moved in and up and down and bounced around, uh, it has been very interesting for me to follow um, your Southern section playoffs down there. And and, uh, I don't know those teams, obviously I don't live down there and I don't, I don't come across those players um, like that, but just to see the teams that you've liked and some teams that were in and some teams that were out, uh, some teams that, you know, uh, started strong and maybe fade a little bit, but see how that whole thing, uh, how the whole thing took place. And And now I'm just very anxious to see, uh, how the teams that we've you know felt strongly about up here uh, hold up in their own in their own playoffs. The, the, I don't think the war, the battle of, uh, of section playoffs up here is quite as uh, quite as rigorous um, as what the teams in the southern section go through. But you know, in the Division One uh, sections up here, whether it's the Sac-Joaquin and the North Coast, uh, there are some there's some long-standing rivalries. There's a lot of teams that break through from the same league to end up meeting in a, whether it's a semifinal or a final, which which, as they say, familiarity can breed contempt a little bit, and uh, those games can be a lot of fun. It, it can take a few days to get to those games there are a lot of uh, schools that, that end up in uh, the playoffs are, are very inclusive, but some of the, the lower-seeded teams, uh, generally speaking, up north here, uh, you know, they're they're one one player deep in some cases, um, and that player can obviously make a big difference, but. Uh, Yeah, I think we end up looking forward uh, a little bit in our brackets, filling them out, and and uh, feel fairly good about what we can predict. So let's just go through it and see what we come up with. Yeah, man.
0: Well, let's hop into D3 there in the NCS. We'll start there. Uh, I know that Cardinal Newman's a team that you and I have have uh you know talked about in the past and it's a team that obviously in Southern California is a recognizable name but you know up in your area certainly is but you you know you have them potentially uh potentially making it all the way to the finals and uh you know but it looks like they could run into some bumps along the road so why don't you break down the Division 3 uh the NCS playoffs for us
1: with them, Cardinal Newman. So yes, D three. And it's interesting to say that with them, they're they're not a big school. They're a private school in Santa Rosa. Uh, they play a lot of competition that's you know Division two uh, and sometimes higher in their regular season. I you know if I was a commissioner, if I was allowing uh, teams to be in certain divisions and or competition for playoffs, I would probably bump them to Division two or maybe even uh, put put them a challenge in Division one. But as it is, uh, they do play in Division three and. They're a deep team. They're an athletic team. Uh, they're a well-coached team. Uh, they're a talented team. And more than all of that, And some of the names are recognizable to uh, college baseball fans that follow recruiting, whether it's a player named Sean Flowers going to Nevada, a pitcher. Um, you know, uh, Shane Rand's a sophomore catcher that's uh, pretty well-known. And uh, there's a, a shortstop pitcher named Carson Crawford headed to Cal. Um what they've done to, I think, really make me feel good is they made a defensive change last they They've evolved as the season's gone along. They've had a good record all the way through. They've won the games they're supposed to play or win. They've played some decent competition to be tested, but they made a change in their infield defense recently, moving their shortstop Crawford over to third, moving their third baseman, Herfeld, Jordan Herfeld, over to first to keep his bat in there, and moving second baseman Aiden Lombardi over to short. Uh, who solidified that spot on the left side? And then uh, Will Larson, a senior second baseman, was a really athletic kid, is playing second. So they've got they've got a really strong infield defense now. Um, instead of having a corner banger for the bat, they've now got a a defensive player at third base and the bat from third state in the lineup. So uh, I really like that. I like to have a guy, a number one in Flowers, You can go out and go toe to toe with many other number ones. And they have a number two, who's just a strike thrower, uh, pitch executor, and Gianni Cavallo. And I do know that when, when teams, when kids get in pressurized games, uh, you come across a strike thrower that can uh, throw three pitches, That can, they can. they he can use that anxiety of the other team he's facing to uh, just kind of carve people up. So I look for them to break through. Although uh, I do see there's potential trouble for him in the second round. Uh, St. Joseph and Notre Dame's a smaller school. Um, they did uh, tie for their league uh, championship, and they – senior who, um, they, Newman won't know much about them. They don't play them. They don't see them. So, uh, we'll see that second round games can always be interesting, right? Because a, a team that wants to go through it, you have to take a risk okay him for later. So, uh, we'll find out if that takes place with Newman. And then I see Kennedy high school out of Fremont, uh, as a potential, uh, they got a player named Dalton Bowling, who I think can, can impact the game. Uh, I think he can win a game with his bat. I think he'd hit a dinger or two. I think he could get on the mound and he could roll through a good lineup. Um, I think they've got a chance. It's a 13 seed, shockingly enough, to uh, to make some noise. So, in uh, the bottom half of the bracket, Sonoma Valley's had a very strong year. Uh, I saw them play a couple times, uh, just a really fundamentally sound. They got some good athletes up the middle of shortstop. Um, they have a bunch of juniors that have just competed very well. There's no, no recognizable name guys that are, that are Division One commits or anything like that, but they have played steady all year long. Uh, but ultimately, I think you're going to see Cardinal Newman in the championship game, and I'll say, I'll say uh, Las Lomas uh, out of Walnut Creek will be there in the final against them.
0: Uh, the, the, the note you sent over on Las Lomas is, you know, they've quietly become one of the better teams in the section, right? I mean, that's what can you tell us about Las Lomas? And, you know, obviously you, you talked a little bit about them there uh, a bit, but, you know, players to watch on Las Lomas, you know, maybe a little bit about what, what you know about their schedule and, and what they've gone
1: through to get to this point. Well, they, looking at their Power 25, they had like one loss, or actually they were undefeated deep into the season. I want to say maybe like 15 and 0, 16 0. Uh, and then they, they gathered a loss, uh, in the conference. They went six and two, um, there in the Diablo Valley, uh, league over there. And then at the end of the year, they played some other playoff teams. Uh, they came across, uh, teams that are all in the section playoffs. They, uh, recently played, uh, Sonoma Valley. Uh, they recently played Northgate. Uh, they recently played Alhambra, uh, twice. So they've, their last four regular season games were against playoff teams. Uh, they went two and two in those games. So, and and a couple of them got beat up pretty good. They got beat fifteen to four by Alhambra, ten to three by Northgate. And so the record was good all year long. But there were some stumbles here at the end uh, that maybe is coming at the wrong time for them. Um, so on their roster, the player that I, I know best and have, have appreciated the most uh, is a senior third baseman named Brian Gregerson, plays shortstop for them. I think you've seen Brian as well. I want to say attended a showcase down there maybe uh, last summer. Yeah, let um, him down here. Yeah, he can bang. Uh, I think he's a. I think it's a Division one caliber hitter. I, I felt like that for a little while. He's not gotten that that opportunity from the school yet. Um, they've also got uh, a pitcher, Andrew Lacour, um, who's very well regarded. Uh, so they've got a guy that can go out and, and go toe to toe with a with another you know good guy opposite him. Uh, Jack McQuayar is another player. Uh, Devin saw uh, not Devin. I'm sorry. Up um, here, our scout. Um, Will Fenton uh, went out and saw. Uh, he liked McCoyar. Uh, felt like he was good. Zekai Avidor is a junior left-handed pitcher first baseman. So there is some talent in this roster. Obviously, they have the record they had all season long. They they, they have talent, and they played well. So I'll, I'll say that maybe the bumps in the road had, they were coming from them looking forward to the playoffs versus getting ready for the playoffs. So we'll see how it holds, how it holds up.
0: Nice. So as we shift our attention over to Division Two. Uh, looks like you know some familiar names once again uh for us here in division two uh redwood obviously i think has uh you know Marine Catholic um, uh, Tamal Pius. Uh, may have i'm sure i just butchered that oh you uh,
1: killed it nice
0: job <laughs> <laughs> uh deep pitching staffs you, you know is what is is the thing here but there's a team in your area that that could be the wild card in all of this in Petaluma.
1: Yeah, I think so. So this is, this is a good bracket. This is one I kind of wish I was mentioned before. I wish Newman was in this bracket. Um, the, the, the Marin County schools, uh, Redwood, uh, Marin Catholic and Tamal Pius, they all have good pitching staffs. I mean, at least three deep, uh, division one guys on, on, on many of those teams. Uh, Redwood has got some younger guys, some juniors, uh, nick welch is one who's throwing the ball great ben cohen's a sophomore has really come on Marin catholic is is we documented them well throughout the season i saw him play a couple times we had him in the power 25 we i felt great about it all along as they were undefeated and then they found some bumps in the road uh i think they're the most athletic versatile team in the section uh tam has three guys on the mound they have a sophomore and tucker bougie they have a senior. In Bennett Flynn, uh, who I think has the most devastating breaking ball, maybe in, in the whole northern section, um, and the rivalry factor—it's all being down there in uh, Marin County—that'll be will that'll be pretty hot and heavy. Uh, that wild card you speak of, though, uh, Petaluma High—it's uh, a talented group of kids. Uh, They're—they're not—they're not old. They're not savvy. They're not super experienced, and I think some of that—it um, cost them some wins this year as they've had to learn how to how to go through a team of, of young talent that has to learn how to become a ball team. You know, if, if you can kind of appreciate what I'm saying there in the sense that they have some sophomores and freshmen, that are significant offensive players for them. Um, they have their pitching staff is generally speaking, all junior sophomores, all very talented three guys, uh, Gary um Sam Brown and uh, Ochoa. Uh, they're all really talented kids on the offensive side with Joe Brown and Sam Brown and Garrett Lewis. Uh, uh, Mark Wolbert, as another sophomore, they're really young. Les, but, but they, when you want to grade them out and you want to project them, uh, they've got a chance to have five to six D1 guys. They just have to grow into uh, their experience. So uh, get them on, get young players on a roll, and they might just keep on going. Um, create some adversity for them and see how they handle it. And I think that's going to be the test for the Pedal Trojans.
0: So. For moving forward and looking into your crystal ball, Division Two, what do you who do you think ends up playing for the
1: championship there? I felt all along that Marine Catholic had the uh, the best pitching staff and uh, an impactful player and catcher, Jay Tarkington. Um, I do have them in the championship game. It won't be easy though. They likely have a second round matchup against Maria Carrillo, who is a, a heavily senior laden team. I saw him play a couple weeks back; just very experienced. Uh, play quality baseball. Um, the Redwood Petaluma High game and in, in, in potentially in round two, uh, Petaluma beats their crosstown rival Casa in the first round, which is an interesting matchup, right? Like that's a center city rivalry that takes place. It's heavily attended every year. It's a big deal. Um, the semifinal Redwood Marin Catholic could be a special one, but I do see Marin Catholic break through the final. I see it from the bottom half. I, I like Washington out of Fremont. Uh, I saw them play earlier in the season against San Ramon Valley. I like... Their scrappiness, uh, I like that they have an impact uh, pitcher on the mound. Uh, we'll have it our pro case. Um, I like that they've got a center fielder who's a left-left uh, athlete. Um, I don't see outside of TAM, although Drake is a good team, and Drake beat some good teams this year. I mean, they handed it to Petaluma earlier in the year. Uh, I just feel like the Washington team has been on a big-time role um, Kyle Bratz is the pitcher I was speaking of he's a, a junior right-hander that gets it in the upper 80s going to San Jose State um, I'm going to take their tenacity their 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 East Bay Fremont toughness uh, over Tam in a semi-final to get through to the championship against Marin Catholic and uh, I'm going to stick with what I, my gut told me early in the year with Marin Catholic winning the, uh, winning the title I, I believed in them in their power 25 um, I looked uh, fairly intelligent for a little while and uh, they've stumbled a little bit of late but uh, I'm going to I'm going to trust they can ride right the ship and break through.
0: That's a very solid pick there, Glenn. I like that. Let's move on into uh, Division I. Uh, we'll take a look at, uh, obviously, the big names here, right? I mean, you're looking yeah. at De La Salle, Foothill, Clayton Valley, Amador Valley, and then Akalanis, who could uh, potentially uh, you know, make a deep run here. And then Freedom, of course, who has potentially the best player in the playoffs up there
1: yeah this is a really good this is a really good uh, division one section for us up here this is about as deep as it's been in a number of years and de la salle's obviously had their uh, had their way uh, in division one ncs for a number of years um and not to say they can't this year the things that i'm looking forward to uh what Montavista vista does in their first round game uh so Monte vista is playing berkeley in the first round and Monta Vista obviously has one of the better pitchers, uh, not just Northern California, but one of the better seniors in the state, Josh White. And uh, depending on what they do in Game One against Berkeley, you know, if they want to try and get through to having White against uh, De La Salle in the second game, if De La Salle were to win their first game, because they are, they are going with uh, a senior Razelman, De La Salle is in the first game. Uh, but Berkeley has a, a senior left named Oli Iverson, uh, who has an act of punching people out. Uh, He's a bigger body left-hander with some quality stuff, but just, again, he knows how to miss bats. They obviously have a special player in Michael Dixon uh, offensively that can that can change a game on his own. So um, that first-round matchup you know, uh, projects some, some unique scenarios for De La Salle moving forward because seeing Josh White in round two would not be a lot of fun. Um, moving further through some other matchups, Foothills had a great season, though they've stumbled a little bit of late. Uh, they're an offensive uh, athletic team. Um, they've had, they've had quality pitching, but as, as their season in their conference in the East Bay Athletic League went through it, uh, they started getting dinged and, and nicked a little bit and, and, uh, where, where they were rolling, uh, they again, they, they kind of stubbed their toe a little and they could face in the first round from Liberty. Um, they've got two senior pitchers. Both of them are very good. One Braden Spears going to Boise state who could shut somebody down. And Maximus Capello uh, has also had a good year on the mound for them. He's more of a strike or a crafty guy, but, um, anytime you know in high school sports i think senior i think senior experience really matters uh it shows up a lot uh in the bottom half of the bracket amateur valley has been as steady as they come and they finish second in the east bay athletic league uh again seniors most every significant pitcher for them is a senior and and that experience over the years with quality coaching from lucisario and um it's a team that's just held their own in a, in a very one of our best conferences up here all year long um their second round matchup, I expect to be against Clayton Valley. Uh, I see Clayton getting uh, getting past San Ramon Valley, who did finish the year actually very strong. Uh, they were not off to a very good start early on, um, but I just having seen Clayton the other day, knowing their, uh, their two quality left handers, they have a junior and Joey Soberon, who's very good. Um, I think they have enough offensive firepower to get through that first game. And Then the bottom part. Uh, If Akalani's can get past Dublin into round two, it's either going to be against Heritage or Freedom. And both Heritage and Freedom are are very athletic, very offensively talented teams. Uh, Shortstop Ryan Jackson of Heritage is one of the better uncommitted juniors in Northern California. He's also uh, excellent on the mound. Freedom has Kyron Paris, uh, arguably our best, maybe not even arguably, uh, top pro prospect in the high school class up here. Uh, Some people got Kyron going maybe as high as the second round. Uh, in this upcoming draft, uh, third, second round area. And they got a junior and Andrew Neal that can just hit and pitch and play. So that first round game between Heritage or Freedom is a, is a matchup that could actually be a, a quality semifinal game in other years. So uh, there's some interesting matchups there. But I'm going to go with Akalani's uh, in the first round. I think Heritage will get through. I think Amateur Valley and Clayton will match up. I see Doherty Valley and Foothill in round two. And I see Mana Vista and De La Salle in the second round. Uh, and then from there, Les, it, it's, it's, it's uh it, who knows? I'm gonna go in the finals though, without getting through all these teams and getting terribly deep. Is that I see De La Salle and Akalanis in the final. Uh, and here's and here's what I got for you. I got to change the guard. Akalanis is extremely young. Like right now, they're in the midst of a it could be an excellent two year run. Like almost every significant player for them is a junior, and they are very significant players or sophomores. So I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say the number three seed ends up upsetting the top seed, one of the best teams in the state, De La Salle, in the final of uh, of Division One in the NCS. How about that?
0: That's a pretty bold pick there from you, big guy. And I'm going to go and
1: I'm going to, and I'm going to take it further. They're going to take that run into next year, and they're going to go back to back.
0: Ooh, calling your shop for 2020
1: already. I like it. You know, well, I watched co- him play. I watched him play the other day against Clayton Valley, and it was a fun game. It Was a good conference game. And I just, as I was watching him playing, I'm watching Kresnak and Diaz and, and Thrasher and, and the young catcher Hurd and, and Hurd on the mound as a junior. And then, and I'm just going around the whole, And the center fielder. It's a good little player, Nick Baymont. And and I'm just watching this team, and I'm going, wait a minute, they're all underclassmen, <laughs> like every one of them. Yeah,
0: that, that's a deep team. You've, you've told me about that team plenty so far this season. And, and I agree with you. I mean, just kind of following from afar and watching scores and, you know, seeing who's performing for them. Uh, it's really a team that you're right. I mean, their best players are all going to be back next year. So it's it's hard for you not to not call your
1: shot, right? And I just think it's, it's De La Salle to be respected and it'd be easy to say to pick them to be the champion because they're, they're plenty good enough to play with anybody in the state and in the nation. So, uh, that's not to disrespect the Spartans at all because that champ, as we just watched with the Warriors in the playoffs and your championship caliber players with championship experience, um, it matters. So to, it it won't be an easy feat if the Dons can pull it off or Foothill could defeat them or if Monavis were to get past them. So, um, I would still say the smartest bet would be De La Salle. Uh, but just for fun's sake and uh, gut feel, I guess I'll go gut feel and uh, and make that call. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I just want to touch, circle back and touch on a couple of those players. You mentioned the name Maximus Capello out of Liberty. He's a guy that was at our Top Prospect event last summer. Then he came uh, for our senior games in the fall before he committed to Menlo College. And here's a guy uh, – nothing is straight out of his hands uh, he throws a you know running fastball he's got a really good breaking ball and he's got feel for that changeup and but the thing that i liked about him is the way he competed, not only, I mean, okay, our top prospect event, yeah, sure, it was just a showcase-type setting, but he was out there competing, man. He wanted to be the best player on the field, and he carried that over when he brought that to uh, our our senior games in the fall. I mean, this guy was just grinding out at bats. He was really good on the mound. Uh, He showed some versatility defensively. He's a guy, I think, that's got a real good shot to being, you know, a standout out there at Menlo College.
1: Yeah, you take a player like that. So, if you know, term chip on the shoulder has a high mode or whatever it might be, right? Not not the biggest kid, but plays much bigger than he is. Um, believes he's somebody, competes as he's somebody. Whether it's a showcase or a high school championship game, it's it, he's doing obviously what he loves to do, right? So, a player like this can carry a team through a playoffs. They can become a, a fine player in college, and when when it all is said and done, in a couple years at Menlo. This is a player's name. You could you could continue to keep saying his name, you know, beyond college because of just the fact that he loves to play. He's got a versatile skill set, tool set, and again, just like like you mentioned, the the motor, the competitiveness, the desire, uh, love of baseball, right? So, uh, yeah, he's he's a fun one, and players like that, they seem to shine and rise in playoff time. Yeah,
0: he, he certainly is one of those guys, and you could tell he's just so passionate about the game. But, you know, you mentioned Kyron Paris could be potentially the, the, the most valued draft prospect in your area. You know, you could probably extend that to the entire state because he's got some tools that, that you don't, Come across very often, uh, and you know, I, I heard you say that you know potentially a, a second round pick, and uh, you know that's that's pretty exciting because he's a player that after seeing him at the Area Code Games last year, uh, you know it's just something somebody to be really really excited about if you're a scout.
1: Yep, yep, and you take so you start talking. You know, they say in the NCAA Division One tournament, right? They try to project like which team has the most uh, future professional players. And oftentimes, if you look back historically, you know, it's a revisionist history, but you look back and you see that, oh, North Carolina or Duke or Kansas or or Michigan, whoever might have been did have the most future pros. You don't know that until a couple of years later. You know, if we were to take that and apply that to, uh, to these high school players and just keep it maybe not to the professional side, but if you wanted to, you go to a, you know, you have this one player who could, be that significant like he on his own with his bat his speed uh, his defense uh, just his overall raw talent um could very well impact the game in that way and i think andrew neal his teammate up, up the middle uh has got a kind of uh, hitting talent that uh could keep him playing the game for a long time but i guess to circle back and not to slight dailas i didn't even mention any other their players obviously kyle harrison is a player who's going to get a lot of draft attention as a as a senior next year uh he's one of the best left-handers in the state uh, region uh, uh, nation uh Again, another player who loves to loves to play. He doesn't just go to the mound with talent. This is a talented kid who just wakes up thinking about playing baseball every day. Um, you know, their banger, Blake Burke, we've seen as a experienced uh, young man, as a Team USA participant, contributor. Um, has done nothing but hit for two years of high school baseball. Uh, likely will do nothing but hit for his years after high school baseball at whatever level that is. Um, Chris Santiago is going to uh, St. Mary's, is a very significant right handed hitting power third baseman who also closes games. Uh, they've got three or four of the pitchers on their staff going to go play some Division one baseball. Uh, this is a team that's uh, the catcher, Jared Ami, is going to, uh, I want to say, University of Pacific. So this is a team that is not lacking in any significant talent whatsoever. So if we applied the uh, future uh, players, of the next level uh, theory to uh, these playoffs, I think they and Akalani's uh, are the cream of the crop, and that's kind of how I kind of broke them down to be in the final.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, you know, hey, hey, after going over all those players, do you want to revise your pick?
1: Nope. Okay, <laughs> thought I'd give you that shot. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. If, if, but if, if Theta Sal can actually get it to where they where they have uh, Kyle Harrison lined up to go in the final, um, I'd be hard pressed to. And I'd be I'd be at that game. i I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd be hard-pressed to pick against Kyle because there's very few players I enjoy watching compete uh, more than I enjoy watching him. Um, but, I, you know, uh, between Davis Diaz and Nick Kresnak at uh, at Akalani as, in, in, as a 2-3 as a in the lineup, you're hard-pressed to find two more polished offensive players uh, in both approach and, uh, and ability uh, as those two young men. So um, it would be a really fun one to watch. I hope that happens.
0: No doubt. So let's shift gears, Blaine. Let's go over to the SAC Joaquin section. We're going to take a look at the top three divisions here in this playoffs. And, uh, you know, this is a, uh, uh, before we went on the air, you, you know, you said this potentially top to bottom could be a better kind of playoff as a whole. Uh, you know, Obviously, there are some teams in here that, that we've seen over the course of the year. Uh, you have seen uh, several of these guys, if not all of the top teams. Uh, but, you know, having been in Fresno, we saw Buhack Colony there win the championship of the Fresno Easter Classic. Uh, and they're in Division III, uh, and, and it looks like, you know, you might have them making a deep run here in 2019.
1: Well, if, you know, recent history, the team we saw most uh, recently, it's kind of how it works in recruiting sometimes, so the player you saw most recently is the one you like the most at a certain position. But having seen uh, the energy they brought, uh, they beat a very good Clovis team that if, you're paying, if we're paying attention, in the central section is now in the semifinals of Division One down there, right? So uh, they took out Clovis North the other day. So uh, a semifinal team in what's recognized as one of the strongest sections in the state uh, being the Division One central section uh you have to uh, beat clovis uh with their number one alex kendrick on the mound we also know jake sapien uh it's a recent commit to stanford is a significant pitcher on the mound for them uh, they have a, a talented senior catcher in rj uh, garcia uh they just played with some energy they played with some fun they played with some confidence uh, they played with some tenacity and yeah, if they can apply that and uh, keep that kind of focus and uh, competitive spirit up in in their Division Three bracket, I don't see I don't see any reason why they they couldn't be there at the end. It won't it won't it's not going to be a four game you know uh, Easter tournament type schedule. You got to go through first round, second round, third round, fourth round. You know, best out of three uh, towards the end. So it is it is not easy. Uh, you're getting the Sac Joaquin playoffs. Uh, I do see some some other good teams in here to to, uh, to contend with. Oakdale uh, is a very good team uh, out there in the Valley. Uh, I, I've seen Capital Christian play this year. I really like some of their talent top to bottom. Uh, up the middle, they're very strong with Poli and uh, Baclier. uh They've got X Ramirez. I'm sorry, uh, X Ramirez. I think i the last name Ramirez. Um, Xavier Carter at first base, who's one of our better hitters. A left-hand hitter, the uh, Rio Britain. On the mound, uh, I think it's got a chance to be a real special left-hander. So, I see a that not as familiar up and down. I know Atwater's got a very talented catcher and uh, Jacob Weese. Um, Sierra uh, has a has a talented team and a good left-hander. I've seen We had at our preseason event um, Cap uh, Christian Brothers. I saw them against Capital Christian, and I do like uh, a lot of what they bring to the table. Uh, they've got um, a big Justin Johnson who's got a chance to to turn around a game as an offensive player all on his own. Uh, but I do. I like I like Buhack and or Capital Christian uh, to win that Division Three section. But I'll, st- I'll stick with the chalk. I'll go with Buhack Colony.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick there based on what we saw over the course of those three days in Fresno recently. And then shifting over to Division Two, looks like Oakmont and uh, St. Mary's and Wood Creek and Bella Vista. I mean,
1: it's kind of it just goes deep and deep and deep, right? In Division Two. Yeah, this is a good bracket. Uh, there's there's some there are some there are some very deep teams here. Uh, there are some traditional teams that have been uh, powerhouses in the section uh, for a number of years. Uh, starting with the number one Oakmont, has had a tremendous tremendous season. Uh, we saw them uh, live. Uh, against Buchanan, yes, Buchanan. Yes, we saw them in Fresno at the Easter Classic, and we great appreciation for their overall talent on the mound, uh, behind the plate, uh, in center field. So we've got, we've got talent. We got Blatnick, behind the plate, a, a Pac-12 commit. Uh, we've got T.J. Nichols on the mound, a short, a Sacramento State commit. Uh, we've got his his older brother, a crafty right-hander, uh, on the mound that can tie teams in knots. Uh, outfielder Andrew Paolini in center just a hit getter um they look uh they look poised to make a deep 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 run in this section but to do so they'll have to get past either two traditional traditional strong uh public schools uh historically year in year out Elk Grove and Yuba City uh two teams that come from cities that have a rich baseball tradition two two teams two schools that routinely you have to play good baseball to beat them um Neither team is as traditionally uh, loaded in terms of prospects, but Elk you know, Grove with Kenny Williams, who's a professional prospect in his own right, um, does bring some talent to the table. So uh, that second-round matchup for Oakman if they were to uh, get past Stagg, uh, will not be easy because, again, uh, the Thunder and Herd and the Yuba City Honkers. It's an interesting name, but uh, don't ever sleep on them because that, that, that's Max Stassi's, you know, the big leaguers community. Um his uh, brother uh, Brock Stassi, another big leaguer. So that that school has produced a lot of players over the years. Um, I like the Bella Vista crew. They have senior pitching. They have a left-hander uh, junior going to UNLV, uh, Jake Torres, who can really carve you up with a sweet, sweet breaking ball. Um, they've got some bangers. The Forrester brothers can really handle the bat. Uh, the catcher's a talented kid. Their center fielder can can go get it and 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 got some bunt skills. Uh, the Bella Vista team is a uh, we've had them in our. Uh, other teams receiving votes for a few weeks now. So they have a chance to continue uh, a great season. Um, lower half of the bracket. Uh, St. Mary's is a team I really like. And, it, you know, I guess when the last time you saw a t- team, they leave an impression on you that you might remember. And So early in the year, I saw them against Jesuit when, uh, when, when the uh, Marauders were, were not off to a great start, and they went into Jesuit. Uh, the day after Jesuit had played De La Salle in an opening game and uh, I saw a scrappy uh, I saw a tenacious Rams team um, that really just kind of out competed that day out executed uh, a maybe more physically talented Jesuit team so um, I like Nico Gomez on that st. Mary's team I like Ryan Warner on that team um, I like uh, I just like the the coach Ortega's got a a, a demeanor about a demeanor about him that kind of kind of flows through the way as players get after it so and that's another school that's got a long history of uh section success in in uh in the Sac Joaquin and then uh Wood Creek has got one of the better pitchers um Ryan Harvey uh in the in the northern half of the state uh is a UC Santa Barbara commit so he's got a chance to beat anybody so um in this if I got a pick and get us through here I'm going to go Oakmont versus the seven seed St. Mary's in the final is what I got and I'm gonna I'm gonna go chalk again I'm gonna I'm gonna take the easy way out
0: Wow St. Mary's the seventh seed in the final I like it Blaine I like it you know this this is all a result of obviously you know having seen these teams over the course of the year and it's just following them and, and you know people say oh you know what are you guys picking games for this well, it's just it, it's fun it's it's you know hey how well do we know these teams sort of thing
1: but uh, yeah let, let's del, shift. It, one, one, one let me add a couple more to you. so del campbell's yeah. got a couple significant players right they, they've got a center fielder, outfit and a, a mason poisson who's uh gonna probably end up going to junior college uh, but he's a really really talented offensive player um they got a, a pitcher uh, jacobson a junior that's uh really had a good season. Um, Rockland is a team. That I appreciate their athleticism. Having seen them play twice, uh, once against San the in memorial earlier. And then once against Jesuit and, and Bella Vista in a three-way scrimmage. Um, they have, uh, some talent and on that, ro- that Rockland St. Mary's on, I mean, that's an interesting seven, 10 game there. Cause that the winner of that team has got a chance to get out of that half of the bracket. I mean, Rodriguez is a good club. Uh, having seen Rodriguez play last year and Devin saw him this year, um, They've got some solid players, but no, nothing – they've played good baseball. Their overall like, high-end, like, top-tool talent um, is not quite as good as the sum of their parts has been. So uh, that's where I see St. Mary's and a Rock and knowing the competition they play, uh, knowing the conferences they play and the leagues they play, in, I should say, and the, and the schedules they've played. I just feel like, I feel like the winner of that game gets out of the bottom half of that bracket. That's just kind of my gut feel there. Wow.
0: Nice well let's shift over to the top bracket here, Division one. this one uh, you know your your first note you told me is should be interesting, right I mean you've got some some powerhouse teams uh, doing battle there in Division one with Baccaville with Davis and Franklin and turlock, and then you know, hey, don't look now, but
1: Jesuit is really starting to click yeah, they are, so what well, I can't remember Mom, first week first preseason power 25 maybe we had them as high as 4 and then I know if we did I talked you into that I talked us into that uh, I just I just felt like the pitching staff was eventually going to be so uh, overwhelming in a day on a day in day out basis versus competition and uh and though they didn't pitch poorly in the beginning of the year that wasn't as good as it was going to be until they all kind of found their legs and and were able to extend into outings. They, were, you know, Each pitcher, whether it was Owen or Tonk Zusak or Benbrook uh, or Cade Pilcher, was all kind of, they were sharing innings as they moved into the season. They had a lot of rain outs. They had a, a kind of a sketchy, uh, helter-skelter start. It was a very jerky start to the season. It, it, they couldn't find any rhythm. The rain did not do them any favors. in um, getting their feet underneath them as the season went along. And then, and then they had an injury to their shortstop. Luke Williams is a very significant player. Um, which kind of shuffled some of their offense around and shuffled their defense. Uh, they weren't going to go into the season with, an, with an outstanding offense to begin with, um, but taking away one of their two best offensive players, the other being Daniel Susak um, certainly set them back a ways, which obviously, right. When you take out a, a talented uh, known commodity shortstop for that matter, um, one of your top three hitters in the lineup and now replace him with maybe a, a younger or younger, not as experienced player that can take those, which also adjusts another spot in the lineup, right? It just kind of trickles down. So it took them a while uh, to find their legs, but the pitching stayed healthy. Uh, the catcher, Daniel Susack has been tremendous all year and is, is had a two homer game the other day. So he's running into form. So, um, just staying with it. Uh, you look up at the end, I think the record, um, I recall top of my head, but it, it certainly looks a whole lot better now than what it looked like. It was going to be, um, so they are now there uh, going in the right direction at the right time. There's a collision course possibly with Vacaville, the defending champ uh, from the top half. But in order for that loaded Vacaville Bulldogs team to get through, they're going to have to go through uh, in game two. Uh, I, I see Oak Ridge uh, in that game. Nathan Hansen has been throwing the ball great for Oak Ridge. Uh, they have some very talented offensive players. Uh, and Tester has won the, the outfield with some big tools. Um that's a tough second round matchup if they do end up uh, matching up against either Nathan Hansen or Peter Hansen um, in, the, in the second game. So, And then looking further down, Davis, uh, again, year in, year out, significant team, a deep team, uh, Division One players uh, all over the diamond, a, a game wrecker in Nick Boat, uh, Nick uh, who can on his own uh, win a game with his speed, with his defense, with his power. Um, Lodi has got a tremendous record. Uh, their catcher, Omar Fosensi, is a player we've seen a number of times, big time tools. Uh, they have really, really had a great year. Now, this is not a f- super familiar name, uh, to, to California baseball fans, this Lodi school. Um, but their record says that, uh, they are, they are to be contended with. Um, Folsom is another team that's got, you look, we put them in our top 25, you know, player, teams to watch about four weeks ago, I want to say. And uh, I, I got to be honest, I don't know a ton about their team. I do know the area. I do know they have a catcher committed to Cal Poly, an underclassman. Um, I just got to believe that the people that have seated them at number three, that's a team that uh, I need to get out and see. I, I don't want to know it and say I, I do know them when I didn't see him play this spring. Um, Franklin, I'm well aware of it's, it's a, it's a loaded team. I'm surprised to see them at number six in the seating. They, they did not uh, finish the year very well. Um, but I think once you get into the playoffs and I think a team like this has looked forward to playoffs all year long with, with meddings on the mound and Stevens on the mound and, um, Stevens behind the plate and chase Davis in the outfield. Uh, I got a I got a gut feel this team will, uh, will outperform that seating significantly. Um, and then Turlock, uh, Top end talent, best four players spread across grad classes. One of the best in the state, and in Soderstrom and as catchers, uh, with uh, Ethan Hurt on the mound, who got a lot of buzz, draft buzz in the springtime. Uh, with uh, uh, younger Rodriguez, uh, Cal commit catcher, corner position player with some bat talent. That's that's a loaded. Loaded um, team. They've got another outfielder named Mason King. Outfitter in infielder. Mason King was a significant uh, talent. Is an uncommitted kid who probably shouldn't be at this point. Um, I really don't know where I want to go. Less with uh, with this bracket. Um, I got I got Vacaville and I got Jesuit in the final. How about that? Let's throw it out but I'll go one two.
0: That's that's a safe pick and I think based on what we've been watching from these guys all year and the way that Jesuit is really starting to kind of turn the corner here in the last few weeks is that's a good pick. I you know, I don't I have no problem with that. I I, I like it. I like all those guys that you just mentioned. Uh you know, then Jesuit obviously the pitching uh, that's what impresses me the most yes they've struggled offensively maybe struggled a little bit defensively but the pitching has has maintained uh we saw Suzak obviously over at uh, the Fresno Easter classic and he was lights out and you got to imagine that he's going to give him a chance to win andy owen's probably going to give him a chance to win every game uh, you know so they're going to be really tough with that pitching particularly yeah. since the offense uh, is starting to really step it up. So let's let's go into the games that you're going to be going to this week. Where are you headed this week? Who are you planning on seeing? Um,
1: and, and what are you looking forward to the most out of this week? This week? Well, I haven't actually picked my game yet. I'm going to figure out that matchup, the Monta Vista-Berkeley matchup, that one I spoke of in the NCSD one. Um, if I can round up the the. The pitching rotation for that game today. Um, I am I am greatly interested in seeing uh that particular matchup. Uh the Heritage Freedom game though is uh so I'd say in the NCS, I'm gonna pick between Monta Vista, Berkeley and or Heritage Freedom. Freedom was on my uh, schedule to get out there all season long with some of the rain wrecked, a couple laid plans early in the year. Uh and I do want to get out and see heritage. I saw them in the playoffs last year. So I'm gonna pick between those two games there. Um and then the Sac, uh, sack Joaquin section, that first round, first round matchups here. I'm not, uh, gosh, it's going to say bad. Some of the lower seats. are going to be like, ah, you should probably come see us. There's not a particularly intriguing first round matchup for me. Uh, that I feel like I need to go see where I feel like I sense maybe a, uh, an upset. Um, uh, I'm not sniffing an upset there in the first round of, uh, of any of those, uh, sack Joaquin division one games. So, I'm going to stick there in the East Bay and I, I'm very likely going to be at the heritage freedom game is where I say I'll land, uh, land tomorrow. And then, and then beyond that, if, you know, depending on matchups, right, we're going to pick the best second round matchup. And, and again, I think we identified a couple of them, um, to see, I, a Turlock Jesuit matchup in uh, round two of, of the Sac Joaquin would be, uh, would probably be the game I'd right now uh, eyeballing, um. That one is one I would love to see happen. So if it can all hold the way I hope, I got Turlock Jesuit on uh, on Thursday. I got uh, Heritage Freedom uh, on the 14th. Um, on the 17th, which is, what is that? That's Friday? 17th is Friday's quarterfinals of NCS. I got a gut feel that uh, if that ends up being Josh White, Kyle Harrison, that's one, that's one to get in there. So, again, matchups are going to dictate. Um, But so those are some of the ones that uh, I'm anticipating happening.
0: Yeah, well, as you're getting started up in Northern California, you know, the Southern section is coming to a close here. So while you're going to be running around to two, three, four games a week, we've just got a handful of them here tomorrow with the semifinals and the finals on Saturday. We've got San Diego kicking off tomorrow as well. So a lot of playoff action across the state, Blaine. And I just thank you for coming on and, and breaking down the NCS and the SJS uh, playoff brackets. And, you know, we'll look forward to having you on here soon to break down the finals and and potentially the championships,
1: uh, for both of those divisions. Hey, before we go, uh, I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on uh, what's taking place in, uh, they're in the Central Valley in the Division One. Interesting, yes. Have you have you seen the bracket?
0: Very interesting, right? I mean, the fact that you know the, the Clovis is is making this run is awesome, right? I mean, we both know Coach Patrick a little bit there, and uh, he's final just, season,
1: right? Yeah, final
0: season. Those guys are really rallying for him. He's got a talented group, you know, with Beal on the mound there and uh, Miller the catcher. And then a handful of other players there that that have a chance to play beyond high school, but yeah, it's really really fun to watch, right? I mean, they obviously knocked off the rival Clovis North, so that's going to be a really intriguing game coming up here against Slow, right? I mean, because you're talking the number two overall seed against Clovis, uh, and that game's at Slow this week, so you know, we, we have to stay neutral, right? But, you know, sometimes your friendships and relationships kind of kick in. And, uh, you know, just really pulling for Coach Patrick. What he's done for the game of baseball in that area, there would be no better way for him to go out than as a champion.
1: Yeah, that's, there's no doubt about it. And there's, there's obviously some of that flowing through their team, I would think. It's um, interesting that the two teams that are in the opposite sides from, uh, from the Central Coast out there, Rigetti and Slow. Um, this has generally been a, a bracket dominated by uh, teams from the track over the years. Um, but we, we last week got slow into our power 25, I believe right down there 23, 24, I want to say, um, as they steadily just kept on uh, having an outstanding season all year long. I know I've not seen them, but I'm familiar with obviously, you know, Brooks Lee, um, obviously a a very talented team. So do you, beyond that, do you have any other uh, insights into, uh, into to slow or, or or even on the Rigetti roster because uh, I'm a little in the dark on Rigetti.
0: You know, I'm a little in the dark on Rigetti as well. They're, they you know, don't hear too much about them down in this neck of the woods. But, uh, you know, Cooper Benson's a left-handed pitcher for Slow, headed to um, Arizona State. Uh, you know, they have a, another pitcher there, last name of Tour, T-U-E-R, uh, who is a quality, quality lefty. So they've got a couple of lefties to throw at you. You know, Benson, we've had him at a couple of events. He's been up to, you know, close to 90. Uh, he was at 90 at the Area Code Games last year. Okay. Really good breaking ball, uh really good changeup. Uh, you know when we when we uh, he, he, we have him we had him ranked fairly highly there uh, last year and, and still have him ranked uh, in the 2019 class. But here's a guy he, he's a legitimate two way threat at that level too. I mean he swings he swings hard <laughs> from the left side. We'll just put it that way. Uh, he he does not get cheated at the plate. But it's going to be interesting. Cooper. Uh, uh, so that's Cooper Benson. You talked about Brooks Lee a little bit there, and you know he's a guy who. You know, next to Kyron Paris is a name that you're hearing a whole lot of in terms of middle infielders in this draft class from California. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. He's obviously committed to Cal Poly to go play for his dad, uh, uh, Larry Lee. So it'll be interesting to see what decision he makes. Uh, You know, I know just in talking to to scouts uh, that uh, you know they feel that he's a he's a, a, a premium athlete that's going to be selected relatively high in the draft uh so it'll be interesting to see uh you know where he goes you know come next month i mean because gosh that's what three weeks
1: away here yeah it's, it's pretty close i want to say it's uh what the third fourth and the fifth of june is the is the draft it's interesting to talk about lee and his father you know larry lee is one of the renowned baseball coaches in, in america he's just a grinder a great technical teacher of the game and you had you had tools and tech, physical talent of his son with the aptitude of a coach's son uh, to that mix, that's obviously uh, that's an exciting player. But it is. I, I look at this and I go, one team from Fresno, and I got Santa Maria. You got a Bakersfield, and you got a San Luis Obispo. So um, chaos Rain That looks like maybe a little bit down there in uh, in the Central Valley. Yeah, it's, uh,
0: and, and I think it's pretty neat, right? I mean, it's cool oh, because, because yeah. slow, you know, slow is a Southern section team last year. And so they made the move over to that central section, uh, you know, which is really in and of itself a little bit interesting, uh, just in talking with CIF commissioner, Rob Weigod, uh, recently on a podcast, uh, you know, he mentioned that I, I, it sounds like, you know, the travel got to be an issue, uh, you know, for them and, and it's just makes more sense for them to be kind of in that central, uh, Valley area, uh, that central section, rather than being in the southern section, but you know now they 're going to have an opportunity to go out and win a CIF title and and compete against some different style teams right because slow even though they're slow and where they're located (laughs) they play very they they play very much a kind of southern section type baseball you know some small ball you know bunt. you know move runners over uh you know pitching and defense sort of thing uh you know it'll be interesting to see them take that to that central section and and obviously it's worked out for them as they're you know here in the
1: semis in their first year yeah, they earlier in the year a couple weeks back they played Amateur Valley. Um, I want to say Amateur traveled out to the coast to play, and I want to say was just top of my head. I want to say it was a three to two game. I believe Slow won the game. So Amateur Valley is a team has played similar uh, what you're describing. They've often been a uh, quality pitching, small ball execution type of team, and and they both played a, a style of game that way. And there are two teams in their respective sections have a chance to uh, to really advance. So um, yeah. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. Well, anyway, yeah. hey, thanks for having me on, Les. Sorry for going a little long. I just wanted to talk a little bit about that section down there because, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when we spend a lot of time down there, we love going down there and um, they deserve their right to be, uh, to be heard about as well. Yeah, no
0: doubt about that. Well, Blaine, I appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, we'll circle back with you here in a, a week or so and maybe get some insight onto the finals um, or the semifinals of those two sections. Uh, then we'll recap, you know, potentially the final of the uh, the central section there. You got it. All right, Blaine. Thanks. Talk real soon. I want to thank Blaine Clements for joining the show and breaking down the CIF Sac Joaquin and CIF North Coast section playoff brackets. Be sure to stay tuned to PrepBaseballReport.com for all the updates, news, and information on these playoffs, and until next time, we'll see you at the yard.